Well, hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. We have a very practical conversation for you today. So no matter where you are, what you're doing, definitely don't hit the jump forward button right now. But stick with me. I'm going to ask you a cool question, an important question that's going to help guide you into the content. And I want you to think about it through the episode. So over on our Instagram stories, we will ask polls and questions because we want to know what you guys are doing, what you're experiencing. And those help us continue to deliver meaningful, practical value to you to help you continue on your journey towards health and impact. Recently, we asked a poll and we wanted you guys to say to think through a question that had to deal with pace and sustainability. And what we asked was this, is the current pace at which you're leading sustainable? Can you continue this for the foreseeable future or is it not sustainable and will it lead you toward unhealth? Now, no matter where you find yourself on either side of that spectrum, I want you to think about that as we get into our episode today because we're going to be talking frameworks and how to build out a ideal week, how to map your week out no matter where it begins and no matter how your week ends. We all work different schedules and how to do so in a way that helps you continue experiencing incremental gains towards reduced overwhelm, increased clarity, and continuing to take your next right step towards health and impact. Not trying to leap over the mountain all at one time, because let's face it, none of us has the ability to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Those are saved for comic book heroes, and we can just take our next right step. We all have one. We should take it. So stick with today's episode. Stick with the content. If you feel like your pace is not sustainable, really dig in and pay attention. If your pace is sustainable and you feel good right now, really dig in and pay attention, because it won't be that way forever. You're going to have to adapt and grow. I'm really excited for our content. Alan's talking specifically to how to build your ideal week to move from point A to point B in a way that is sustainably healthy, comfortable, and still pushing you to make incremental gains. So enjoy today's episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast with Alan Briggs and how to build your ideal week. Cheers, guys, to another good day. Hope you have your coffee and you're ready to rock. Uh, maybe I'm a nerd, but I absolutely love this topic of time and priorities because I realize the power that it has and how we're all wrestling through it. And I once felt stuck by it and to it. And um, yeah, we'll we'll hit record and it'll be more of a um, you know kind of broadcast and some content piece. But obviously, you guys get to ask some questions. But I thought ahead of time, uh, Mindy, Mark, and if anybody else jumps in, would want to hear from you guys. Is there one particular area of time? that you're wrestling through right now in this season scheduling what specific thing in this season has been the wrestling i think it's integrating new stuff i'm still trying to get my mind wrapped around a new kid coming in the next couple weeks and trying to continue to move forward with like everything uh so i think trying to figure out pacing and chunks of time and you know uh, i'm taking weeks off from work uh you know my main jobs but i want to put time and effort into coaching i want to put time and effort into writing um so i don't know i'm just still trying to Mm -hmm. figure figure that out yep yeah absolutely man absolutely um makes sense mindy is there an area that you feel like right now is a is a challenge yeah i feel like when other people are um putting expectations on my time. Well, not expectations. I have to do Uh it, you know, meetings. And now, now that we're, you know, things have loosened up a little bit, excuse me. I have to go. I'm happy in my little nest here in my house and I can get so much done when I'm just home all day. But then now this morning, I just had a meeting canceled, which I'm really glad of because I was going to have to go all the way over to Rock Rimmon and then come home and then run over to another place later this afternoon 
And so just those those days that I have outside meetings, it just yep. throws off my great schedule. Yep, absolutely. Um, great. I'm, I'm going to speak into that a little bit. And um, we forget about travel time as well. And we forget about the getting ready time and all that. And so we're going to, I think we're at a collision right now of, um, I figured out my own personal schedule. And then, oh man, I have to, in a sense, go back. What does this look like? So it's just going to be a really interesting season. Some workplaces aren't going to want to go back. Um, I just get the question all the time. I mean, a lot of leaders uh, like you, Mark, that are already doing something that would be enough. And then something, you know, like a child comes in, of course, we're going to give, you know, our best time and energy there. And then suddenly we have something exciting, a project like a book that may not go forever, but feels like forever sometimes when you go, man, there's so much to be done here. There's always a new thing um, or coaching you can put in there or, or any of these things. So I, I just think right now this topic is really, really important because of the gig economy, people being multivocational, like it has become more and more of a big deal since I started coaching about 10, 11 years ago. Um, it was, it was a, a whole lot more, here's my lane, just trying to figure out my workplace. Now I'm trying to figure out work home balance. The more we can work from home, the less the boundaries and priorities are, are kind of set for us. So that's the, um, as we hit, um, you know, broadcast here in a minute to right siders, um, Today's going to be a little bit more teaching, but if you guys hang on, I do have some time. If you guys can go past seven, um, I've got some extra time this morning. Normally I take my son to school and um, I'm not this morning. And so looking out at the snow. So I got a few extra minutes. If you want to dig in, would love to always want to give those who show up live a little bit more. And then afterwards, we hope it nourishes people uh, as well. So Jonathan, can you pray for Mindy and Mark and for our time and anyone else who watches it later? Yeah. I'll do that. And then once we finish praying, I'll go live. Um, first of all, thank you for today. Uh, thank you for um, a new day, new opportunities, uh, new things ahead. Many of us, we don't know what uh, what the full day will hold. There's there's turns and pivots and shifts. And God, we pray for wisdom and discernment and ultimately peace that surpasses all understanding to navigate today well and do the things you would call us to do well with, uh, with reduced overwhelm, increased clarity and trust and obedience in you, God. We pray for our time. We pray that all distractions be placed aside, that our eyes, ears, hearts be focused on the conversation, that our questions would be edifying and that we would be encouraged. And God, you'd be glorified. We pray for those that are in live right now and, and watching later, that um, this would be truly a blessing, that we could all be more effective and more fulfilling and more bountiful in the things that we do for you that you called us to do, God. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Do, do, do. We should be live in one second. All right, we're live. Well, I always hear the phrase that I want to steward my life. I mean, this one life that I've been given, I've never met anybody that didn't want to steward their life. I know that those folks are out there. Those folks just don't make their way to stay forth designs. Those folks don't make their way to a coach. Those folks aren't the ones who are waking up early. Those aren't the ones who are getting coffee and saying, how do I make the best use of my time uh, that I possibly can? And so what I want to do today is I want to speak to those who are in the camp of wanting to steward their life, however, are in a space of saying, I don't really know how. 
The reality is I think everybody down deep wants to steward their life, but very few people actually know how. This is the practical that we talk about. Now at Stay Forth, we say we are where spiritual meets practical. A lot of these things you didn't learn in college. You didn't learn from your parents. You didn't learn from a mentor or a sage years ago. And honestly, maybe if you did, you wouldn't have paid attention because you didn't have all the things pulling at you and all the expectations that other people are putting on our time. This is an interesting time to be alive. So we think about time, not only that we've come through a global pandemic and uh, many of us are being asked to return to work. Many of us are feeling uh, this word we use a lot at Stay Forth, overwhelm. And we say when clarity goes up, overwhelm goes down. And so we get to see this miracle of clarity going up through coaching and then this overwhelm going down and people can kind of breathe a little bit. So that's my hope as you watch or listen to this. And what we want is even if it's 5% more clarity, then you think about 5% less overwhelm, that's a 10% difference. So that's what we're looking for is that inverse relationship. So we want to practically show you how. Now we do a lot of this through coaching. What I realized after hundreds of questions and conversations, we're all asking the same questions. How do we practically steward this one life that we've been given? And it changes. And so what I want to do is I want to teach into that. I want to give you some principles. I also want to give you some questions for self-examination here. And so starting with these principles, the, the first one is Sabbath. Sabbath is in, in our minds and hearts, the way that we kind of talk about it and frame it at Stay Forth is replenishment. We say that it's a get-to day in a have-to world. And so we have to start with that old, biblical, incredible gift of an idea that is Sabbath. We have to start there. And we'll kind of work backwards in many ways. And so that's the first kind of principle we think about. The second one is blocking, time blocking. So this is creating space in advance for an activity. If you are on a big project, if there's something new you want to put into your life on a regular basis, you're going to have to time block it. And that is not only setting it aside, but probably more than 30 minutes a week, probably more than 45 minutes a week. And so figuring out a block where your mind and heart can get engaged in that activity. The next principle is batching. Time batching is actually putting similar tasks together. So maybe this is email for you. Maybe this is communication tasks or writing, content creation. I don't know what your role is specifically, but batching is really important so that you're not moving in and out of the zone that is your activity and you're losing momentum in the zone. And I'll talk a little bit more uh, about that in some specific ways at the end that I do that. Margin is the next one. Margin. A wise leader, Will Mancini, once said that, there is no imagination without margin. There is no imagination without margin. And so if we want to dream, if we want vision, if we want new things, new strategies, new ideas, without margin, you just can't do it. Because eventually, I hear this a lot from leaders, oh, I'm just creatively dry, just haven't had any new ideas in the season. I've been there, you've been there. And it's almost always a product of roots and fruits and roots that are dry roots that we're not giving ourselves margin. Maybe we're just running too fast and too hard. Again, no shame, no guilt. We've all been there for a season, but I'm just telling us that any of us, we are not above us. If we run hard, there's no margin. There's no space. Eventually we are going to 
lose that creative piece. And that is a warning signal, by the way. If you've lost the creative juices, it's a warning signal from the roots that it's not getting uh, what you need. Your heart, your mind, um, just the ability to, whether that's putting your phone away. I love putting my phone to bed at night. Good night, phone. You live in the other room and you will not bother me. And these little buzzes uh, all night. And I'll wake up to some beautiful messages from friends who may want to say hello or somebody that may think they needed me at 11 p.m. or whatever that is. Like that's on me, not on them to be able to have that margin for my mind to just think, conversation with my wife before bed, see my kids, whatever that is. And the last principle is proactivity. This is a huge one. We talk a lot about a paradigm shift from reactive to proactive. I don't believe that our schedules will ever be under control, will ever be stewarded if we're not proactive. We're making decisions ahead of time. And again, this is a big one at Stay Forth because what we say is making decisions in advance is a recipe for a healthy life. A healthy life is a series of healthy decisions stacked on top of each other. And so the reality is you're making decisions for the next week and the next month. That's why we love time tools because you can look at it, they repeat, and you can just say, okay, here's the week. And we get into this cycle that is cyclical, hopefully a good healthy cycle, not a downward spin death death spiral uh, each week that is heading in the right direction, that is heading toward incremental gains. Proactivity, these are decisions we make in advance. So let me give you those five again. The five principles that I'll kind of reference throughout our time are Sabbath, time blocking, batching activities, margin, and proactivity. So that those kind of sit uh, as principles that we'll continue to teach about. Uh, if you hang around, stay forth. If you're in the right side of community, you're going to see those referenced, those five. So a couple of things that I want to say about schedules. They're really, really important. Number one, schedules, they are three things. The first thing, a schedule has to be flexible, has to be flexible. So I'm not advocating for a schedule that's locked so tight that there is no space for any margin. Like there's not space to get up and go to the bathroom. If somebody has to walk in your office for two minutes, oh no, you threw the whole thing off. It, it has to be flexible, right? Things come up. Kids need to be picked up early. Coworkers need things from us. And sicknesses come up and you know we have a hard time working through the full day. Whatever that is for you, we have to make sure that flexibility is built into our schedules. The second one, schedules are seasonal. Schedules are seasonal. They're not forever. You may find an awesome rhythm and then the school year's over, things completely change. You may find an amazing rhythm and then this thing called a global pandemic hits. You may find an amazing schedule for the season. Now you may be able to go back to it, but I hate to tell you, I revisit my schedule. I used to say about every 12 months, then it was about every nine months, every six months. I would say to stay sharp every three or four months, reevaluating your schedule quarterly and saying, based on the new things that got added, like it's a snowball and it just keeps rolling down the hill and picking up new things. Be careful what you pick up, but inevitably you're going to pick up some new things and you're not going to just be able to keep shoving things in there. The last thing about a schedule is intentional. A good, wise, stewarded schedule is not accidental. Let me give you those three again. Schedules are flexible, seasonal, and intentional. So what we're asking is, is there enough flexibility in my schedule? I see a lot of leaders lock too tight on their schedule. And I love this idea of chaotic. Enough chaos and enough order, enough structure, enough freedom that it's heading in the right way down the road. You're getting somewhere. That's the goal. 
not the goal to have the perfect schedule. The goal is to be able to serve people around us. The goal is to be able to steward this life God's given us and head in the right direction, not to be able to be perfect. If you're aiming for perfect for your schedule, good luck. You ain't ever going to get there. And you're going to be discouraged while you don't add up to that. That next one of seasonal, is my schedule appropriate for this season of life? Is my schedule appropriate for this season of life? You're going to have to factor in to that. If, if a baby's on the way, well, you're probably going to have to factor some new things in. And if you have a new project coming, that's going to be a hard push for a season. Well, are you a morning person? You're going to need blocks in the morning. I was with a leader yesterday and he's writing a book. And he said, the only amount of time that I have is each day. So I write for 45 to 90 minutes. And he gets up first thing with his cup of coffee. That's the spot that he's got. Based on this season, that's what he needs to do. But if he gets to the end of the book, it doesn't mean he's forever going to wake up at that time and do work for, for 40 to 90 minutes in the morning. And again, that last piece, intentional, that a healthy life does not happen on accident. It is intentional. You have to fight for things ahead of time. You have to take a look at what's coming. You have to look up ahead. And so if you use the Right Setup Journal, which I highly recommend, even if you just use it in a hybrid way for some of the questions and you've got another you know, kind of scheduling tool, the questions we're talking about, what are priorities for your week? What are priorities for your month? And if you do one thing in long-term scheduling, I encourage the look back at last week and the look ahead. So I don't know how we can be intentional about next week if we don't look back at last week and say, I didn't quite hit it there. That was a little bit too much I put in there. Or I had some space. I really could have invested a little bit there. I think I wasted some time there. And so we're intentional to look back and look ahead. I encourage Sunday nights for that. It just seems to be that the anxiety loosens and the courage kind of goes up. The clarity goes up and, and we're ready to roll into our weeks with momentum. We're not starting Monday morning saying, what am I doing? this week. So those are some principles. Those are some really important things about schedules. And let me give you three things um, that we talk a lot about at Stay Forth, but I am going to focus on the first one more than the rest. When we talk about pruning, we have to realize this is both biblical and practical. We've pruned our apple tree in our backyard to make sure that it bears the right amount of fruit. You throw a bunch of seeds in the ground, at least I do, throw a bunch of seeds in the ground, they grow up. And at some point, I'm going to have to bet on a few of them or none of them are going to work. They're going to choke out each other in the soil. And so it's really important to think that pruning is both practical. It's also biblical. Throughout scripture, there's this idea of pruning, that a couple of things in our life may grow to be incredibly fruitful. And some of the other things, guys, are good. And so I want to remind you, when we talk schedules, we're not talking about good versus bad. Certainly there's sin. Certainly there are areas of life that we say, no, this is just this is a bad investment of my time. This is a waste. Uh, this isn't good stewardship. But then there's this area of good versus best. We're actually not looking for good things in our schedule. We have to have a filter looking for the best things. Well, what are the best things? I'm going to give you guys some questions to think about. But before we add things to our schedule, we're actually going to have to subtract. I believe the greatest fruit in our lives, in our schedules, in our stewardship of our priorities and our time, the things that matter to us will start by eliminating, not by adding. Let me say that again. I believe the greatest fruit in our schedules will start by eliminating, not adding. And so that's what we're going to do first. We're going to prune the first principle. I'm going to ask you questions around is this idea of eliminating. So what things don't need to be done? 
What things just don't need to be done? And I know that is a hard thought. We want to do all the things, but hard news here, spoiler alert, you can't do all the things. What things need to not be done? Until we can let some things fall to the ground, I can guarantee you that you're not going to do all the things well in your life. I know for me, I just speak for myself, I am not Superman. I can't do all the things, and I certainly can't do all the things well. And we're going to have to choose what things we don't attend to. So the first type of pruning I want to tell you about is meeting pruning. Meeting pruning. We waste a lot of time in meetings. Needless meetings, and I'd say most of our meetings are probably good. Very few of them are best. This kills me because I think in any work culture or team, you have way more meetings than you need. Now, if you don't, amazing. You're in a culture that's very intentional, very sharp, is respecting your time. But meeting pruning is, is huge. Let me give you a couple of questions that are really important for you to ask about your meetings. Does this require a meeting? Just very simply, does this require a meeting? Many meetings can be emails. They could be five-minute conversations uh, where we don't have to schedule a meeting. They can be a tool like an uh, you know audio uh, or a voice memo. They can be a tool like Marco Polo. They can be a quick text. And they can be a decision you need to make, but it didn't require 30 minutes or an hour from you or a bunch of people. There's nothing worse than looking at the collective wasted time of meetings and saying, we just didn't need that in order to do all the things. So first of all, does this require a meeting? You probably have some regular meetings and you don't quite know what the purpose is. And you say, could we just get this done through an email? Maybe I have to make a decision. Does it require a meeting? We have meeting insecurity where we're like, we have to get together as a team. And if we're not in the same room, it doesn't count. We have to rethink that. The second question for meeting pruning is why does this require a meeting? Like exactly why every meeting is guilty till proven innocent. Why does this require a meeting? And if it is because collaboration in person happens better and we're creating something new, great. But fight for it. Make sure that it does require a meeting. The next one is how long should this meeting be? How long should this meeting be? Guys, I can't tell you how freeing it has been to realize that most meetings don't magically take 60 minutes. There's something about it. If It's like however big your garage is in our country, you'll fill it with crap. So if you have a huge garage, I don't care how big it is, you'll fill it with crap. If you just have a teeny little garage, then you'll just be sharper about, no, we can't take that. You know, it like turns into an accidental thrift store in my garage. I'm like, where's all this stuff? Neighbors are bringing stuff over. Hey, it looks like you got some room in your garage. I'm going to help you fill it up. And that's what happens with our schedules and with our time is people see, oh, yeah, well, maybe I want to add something to your life. So how long should this meeting be? I'm a huge fan of stand-up meetings. Stand-up meetings are getting a lot of press right now, but those would be, you know, 5, 10, 15-minute meetings where you just jump in. You make a quick decision. Maybe that's at the beginning of the day with your team. And there's you need to see each other's face. There's a quick rah-rah. Maybe it's priorities. Hey, good to see you. There's a relational connection and then go. The idea of stand-up is that you're not allowed to sit down in those meetings. So you make them short because that's all we got, you know, a couple minutes. The other idea is take a, a one-hour meeting and make it 30 minutes. We're kind of becoming famous for that at Stay Forth saying, okay, how short can this meeting be? We want to value each other. And as much as I want to value people in person, one of the greatest ways I can value them is by giving them time back. And so we have in 30 minutes tried to accomplish what we used to in 60. Guess what? We all just got collective time back. And then we can talk to each other. We can call each other. 
Uh, and we don't load each other down with 60 minutes of stuff either. And it's very sharp. Um, if you're going to do shorter meetings, have an agenda for those meetings. Make sure you respect people's time. Uh, ask people questions ahead of time so that if Jonathan's coming into a meeting, then he can come with here are the things ready so he respects everybody's time. He's done the work ahead of time. And then we don't waste each other's time. It's a beautiful thing. So how long does this meeting need to be? Meeting pruning is crucial. Start there. The second way to eliminate or to prune is time leak pruning. Pruning out your time leaks in your schedule. I believe there are many spaces where 2%, 5% at a time, kind of like a budget, $5 at a time, 50 bucks at a time, 100 bucks at a time, we have these leaks that end up going, where did all my money go? And it's very similar. We go, where did all my time go? And to say that we live in a culture of excess. So we're probably going to spend time, money, energy beyond what we actually are comfortable with, beyond what we actually need. And then suddenly we go, man, where did my time go? So many leaders are asking that right now. Where did all my time go? So meeting pruning leads to the time leak pruning where a couple of questions I think will be grounding for you. Where's my schedule leaking? Where's my schedule leaking? You're not looking for maybe hour blocks here, but maybe you have some hour leaks. You're looking for five, 10, 15 minute leaks here. For me, it was driving to meetings across town. It wasn't just the meeting. It was the idea that I was having to get ready and prepped. Oh, where, you know, where's the meeting again? We're meeting at this Starbucks. We're going to that place. I was driving across town. And then by the time you get your drink and all that, you have about 50 minutes to meet. And I've already invested 20, 25 minutes and I have to head to the next thing. It was a leak in my time and energy as I was driving across town. Where's my schedule leaking? And the second question is, how can it get more effective? How can it get more effective? And, um, you know, maybe so for me, it was a shift to a lot of Zoom meetings for quick meetings and then longer meetings that are face to face that are more of a meal, more relational. I was able to invest in. So we have meeting pruning, time leak pruning. The third one is scattered pruning, scattered pruning, where your, your mind and heart are just scattered. And so you're not actually effective in getting things done. This is what brings focus to a schedule. And this is where we'll talk a little about blocking and batching. What parts of my schedule feel scattered? If there's, a, I don't know, Monday morning, Tuesday afternoon, some part of your schedule that feels like you're jumping or pinging from task to task, your anxiety rises like you had three cups of coffee and you realize, man, I'm doing too many different types of tasks in there and I'm scattered. We need to prune the scatteredness in our schedules. Next question is what activities can I batch together? When we batch things, we eliminate that scatteredness. If you have a day of meetings, well, is there any way, or if you have a week full of meetings, is there any way you could put all those meetings in one day? You may be tired at the end of it, but you may be able, to be able to be in that place. Some people tuning in to this, you work in multiple locations. Maybe it's a, a business that has you know, multiple sites. Maybe it's a church that has multiple sites. And you are going to the different places. Well, could you do one day at each of those sites? And then maybe you're able to work from home one day and have kind of a get or done day where you can move either really quickly at your pace or really slowly to be able to slow down. Um, what activities can you batch together? Email is a big one. Uh, I was coaching someone and they said they were checking their email over 50 times a day. Well, no wonder there's some ineffectiveness. If you're checking email 50 times a day, let it live where it lives. It's a great tool. It's a terrible master. So let it live right where it lives and uh, come back to it 
that that's the good thing about email. It will still be there when you're, when you're not. So to come back later and to approach your emails like you would approach a meeting uh, with a coworker as opposed to those emails that are always grinding at you. And then the last one is where can I create blocks for repeating activities? Where can I create blocks for repeating activities? You want to write a book? you're probably going to have to create blocks. You want to edit that book. You want to market that book. You're probably going to have to create blocks. You want to become a coach. You're probably going to have to create blocks where you are available for coaching, not just slipping it in wherever. You want to create regular content. You're probably going to have to put that in a block where your mind is in a particular way or thought. I go as far as to schedule that a particular day of the week. And that's kind of the goal of a lot of our tools and the goal of Right Setup Journal is eventually getting to a rhythmic week where every Tuesday is the same or similar. Every Wednesday is the same or similar. Every Friday is the same or similar. So your mind knows what to approach. So I realize that's a lot, but that's just on the eliminate or the pruning. I'm going to give you two more quick ones. And the next one is delegate. So the first one was eliminate. The second one is delegate. And the question is, what should be done by someone else? What should be done by someone else that you're currently doing? Now, this let me be really clear. This is not dumping. Dumping on other people is, oh, I don't want to do this. And so I'm just going to throw this your way. Delegating is carefully done, wisely done, having a, you know, a conversation about it. It's going to be harder at first, by the way, to pass it to someone else to do it yourself. It's easier to do it yourself for a little bit. It's going to get harder before it gets better. Once you train that person, they're empowered. If they're a better fit for that, truly, then it's going to be good for everybody. So that delegate, what should be done by someone else. Maybe they're more gifted. Maybe they're faster at it. Maybe they're more administrative. The idea is if you couldn't eliminate it and it still needs to be done, then the second step is to delegate. If you can't delegate that, the question is, what can I automate or what should be done through technology? Technology is a great tool today, not a master. We shouldn't take on every new bit of technology out there just because it is. But if it can serve you in some way, this has changed my scheduling process. I use a tool called Calendly. Now, I still have to do the work up front to block it. I still have to batch. It can't do that for me. However, the beauty is once it's there, people through that link can schedule, get the Zoom call. I'm a huge fan. Uh, Calendly should be paying me royalties at some point because I talk about them a lot. So those big three guys, as you think about your schedule, are eliminate, delegate, and automate. What doesn't need to be done? What should someone else do? And what should be done through technology? So that's a grid that I want to give you guys today. And I want to just end with this, is that today I'll actually leave my home and I will spend a day with, hold on just a second here. So, let me give you some context of my life while I record this at my dining room table and uh, my kids are just starting to wake up and get their lunches ready for the day and crinkle Cheetos bags really loud in the background. And as I get ready for the day, I also have a guest who I'm hosting who's come in from another state and he is asking big questions about his future. And in order to do that, we have some play and some time in creation. So we'll actually go up and climb a peak today. And if you're in Colorado, you know, this is still 
winter time. So we've got our snow gear. We've got ice axes in the car. We'll also hit an amazing coffee shop. We'll also eat some ridiculous hand pies for breakfast on the way up there. We'll, we'll kind of coax out what God is doing in his life. And that only happens because I've been able to time block. And that only happens because I know priorities. I love getting to partner with people to, to sort of pull out the goodness, to help them clarify what God has been doing and is doing in their lives. And so this isn't in service of a routine, rote, mundane schedule. This is in service of the things that light you up. The reason why you took that job, the reason why you're called to that, the reason why you wanted to write that book, the reason why you want to work in foster care, the reason why you want to invest in men, you invest in women, you want to disciple people. This will bring you back to that creative spark of why you've actually done it. And so for me today, I will be on top of an icy, snowy mountain with ice axes in my hand. That's my version of a good day coaching, and it's going to be different for you. And so we've got to go back to remember, why did we take this on in the first place? Why did we commit to this in the first place? And we've got to ask hard questions. Someone once said, the unanalyzed life is not worth living. And there's several versions of that quote. What I love is to think about how intentional we are, how intentional we are about our days, how intentional we are about our weeks, our moments, our meetings. And if we are not intentional about the hours that we're spending, if we're not intentional, if we're leading a team about what we're asking them to do, then we will find ourselves in the grind, just trying to get through to today and just asking for enough strength for today, just barely making it through and surviving will be our norm and thriving will be something that will be a past memory. And that's what I get to experience. I believe the abundant life is not a life of us just barely trying to keep up to other people's expectations. The abundant life is full of a lot of clear no's and a few clear yeses. And that's what I am coming to experience. And that's what I want all of you guys to experience. Well, guys, as we close this one out, I just want to leave you with a thought. The abundant life is not a unicorn. Alan just said it. You can experience the good life. It's not a hologram. It exists. It's different for each and every one of us, but we have to do some thinking of what it looks like and then what is it going to take for us to get there? What next step do you have to take today to get to tomorrow to get 1% better every day? Incremental gains. We're not trying to climb the mountain all at one time. We're trying to take our next right step. Move towards health and you'll find impact. Plan your weeks in a way that are sustainable, that are excellent with the resources you have. Don't pursue perfection. Pursue excellence and pursue life rhythms that are going to help you get from where you are to where you want to be in a way that is pushing you to grow, but in a way that's not going to leave you towards burnout. You'll increase towards health, not decrease towards the river of overwhelm, which we want to help you from falling in in the first place. And if you're wondering what that is, you can partner with us in our upstream campaign, removing upstream to help more leaders and prevent them from falling in the river of overwhelm in the first place. We want to help you move the mountain of health so you can move to the mountain of impact and not fall in the river and be swept downstream. You can partner with us by clicking the link in the show notes. If you're interested for more information, you can also come join us in the Right Side Up community. We don't just want to give you more content. We want to give you actionable, practical tools to help you take next steps to get healthy and reach more impact. We have a team of coaches and network of coaches who deeply care about making sure you're equipped to grow and live the good life, whatever that looks like for you. So join us in the Right Side Up community. We know social media can be a volatile place right now, but we've created a space 
to grow and learn from one another, which is where this conversation took place from. So join us in the Right Side Up community. You can click the link in the show notes below. As always, we're thankful for each and every one of you. Do us a favor, share an episode, leave a rating and review, drop comments. Let us know where you're at, what you're thinking, engage with us on Instagram. We love to hear what you guys are doing. And with that, we'll see you right back here on Thursday for another episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Press on, friends. 